Well, hello there, and thanks for stopping by the Paul Leslie Hour, now in our 18th year. On this episode, we present an interview with Bob Gaudio, Hall of Fame songwriter and founding member of The Four Seasons. Bob is one of America's most successful and celebrated songwriters. The vocal group Hall of Fame has said that the Four Seasons were the most popular rock and roll band before the Beatles. Gaudio is also a record producer and former keyboard player and vocalist, but he's perhaps best known for his songwriting. Bob wrote Sherry, the first number one hit for the Four Seasons, along with Big Girls Don't Cry, Walk Like a Man, Can't Take My Eyes Off of You, many others. Through the years, Bob Gaudio's songs have been recorded by other artists like Nina Simone, Peebo Bryson, Roberta Flack, Barry Manilow, The Temptations, Diana Ross, and Frank Sinatra. Did you know the Paul Leslie Hour is made possible by listeners just like you? Want to help keep these interviews going, right? Go to thepaullesley.com. That's thepaullesley.com and click on Support the Show. Thank you in advance to everyone who contributes. Now let's get into the interview right here on the Paul Leslie Hour. Ladies and gentlemen, I cannot tell you what a pleasure and an honor it is to welcome this man. I grew up with his music. He's a legend, an inductee of the Songwriters Hall of Fame, a founding member of the Four Seasons, the one and only Bob Gaudio. Thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you, Paul. That's quite an introduction. I hope I can live up to the rest of the conversation. <laughs> what kind of music did you grow up listening to? The music was pretty diversified, as, as everyone else at that time. I got into rock and roll, and my dad played Petty Page, a little occasional Italian music playing here and there. But I got into rock and roll pretty heavily, Alan Freed, and so on and so forth. I'd have to say early on, my initial influences were instrumentals from things like Bill Doggett and Honky Tonk. It kind of got me going and wanting to be part of a band, which came not too long after that. When did you start to think of yourself as being a very musical person? You mean taking it seriously <laughs> as opposed yeah. to being fun? It's something that I feel I kind of drifted into. I think being part of a high school band and starting to play in parking lots and, and reunions and birthday parties and things of that sort, and actually getting paid, not a lot, but getting paid. I think that was the beginning, thinking that maybe I could make a living doing this. I never really took it serious, seriously. I, I did take lessons. I had a wonderful teacher, piano teacher, who taught as much uh, in focus on life in general as music, but that was very, very informative for me early on. So it was a bit of a life lesson and a music lesson with him and it was it was just fantastic. So 
I don't know if I didn't just drift into this with the band and the high school band and all. I, I didn't make an official, I'm going to be a musician. It just sort of started happening. You've done a lot of things in music. Songwriter, record producer, performer. Is there one that is more your suit? I can start with what it what isn't, <laughs> and that's a performer. Never considered myself a performer. It was fun for a while. I don't know, I did it for 15 years or so. and But I never took that seriously. So songwriting and producing, I'd say, are my loves. Maybe it depends. When I'm producing, I can feel like that's the thing to do. And that's what I, I'm enjoying and, and loving. And when I'm writing, the same way. When I'm performing, which doesn't happen anymore, <laughs> quite the opposite. What's it like when you hear these songs? Because they're still played. You hear them everywhere, even today, after all these years. I was telling a friend of mine, a girl I know, that I had the song Sherry in one of my dreams. <laughs> What's it like for you? Does it still make your ears perk up when you hear one of your songs? Yeah, I mean, sure, but I don't go out of my way, and usually I won't listen to the whole thing all the way through. I will hear it, and maybe I'll smile a little bit, and it's kind of a neat thing, obviously. But I've not been one that's dwelled on the past, which would mean, it's a little strange to say that, after Jersey Boys uh, coming back and doing what it's doing, but I view that as new and fresh for me because it's an entity on its own. It's not just the music, it's the story and the whole amalgamate of that that time and how it was put together. And So to me, it's fresh. So I kind of dip into the past, but, but it's the present for me. So I hear the music. I, like I say, I, I smile. I'm, I'm proud of it. And, I don't dwell on it. Sometimes I'm a little disconnected from it, as odd as that may seem. I'll kind of hear it and say, that sounds good. Oh, gee, it's mine. We're talking with hit songwriter and founding member of the Four Seasons, Bob Gaudio. Can you remember the first song you ever wrote? The very, very, very first song? Oh, boy. Probably not. First off, I'd have it would have to have been completed, and I could have been just a little melody floating around with a half a lyric or something. So, no, I couldn't answer that one. Gosh, do you know anyone you've spoken to that could? Probably shocked. There have been a couple, and they've normally said something like, I remember the first song I wrote, and it was terrible. <laughs> Is that right? Well, I probably would go along with that, but I don't remember it. <laughs> what about the first song you wrote where you said, Hey, this is pretty good. I think the first serious entity was Short Shorts, which was turned out to be a hit when I was in high school. So, you know, being part of that band that I was speaking of before and recording that and having it go to number one or number two, that was, that impressed me. <laughs> I was 15 at the time. So I'd like to call that my first song. But unfortunately, I already admitted I don't know what it was. What was your first impression of Frankie Valli when you met him? Being part of the first band, which was the Royal Teens, and primarily being an instrumental group, and with Short Shorts being a chant, for lack of a better term, I always felt a need to find somebody to write to for a singer. And hearing Frankie was a revelation for me. As it says in the show, I have to write for that voice. Well, I, I may not have said those exact words, but I certainly felt that. It, it was an exciting time for me. I didn't know where it was going to go, and 
that it would last as long as it's last. But it was an inspiration. I mean, his voice is just amazing. It's like having a canvas to paint on that's five miles wide. He just has such a, a range and, and ability to do almost anything a songwriter could think of writing. Much of the work you've done has been with songwriter Bob Crew. What do you think Bob Crew's greatest genius is? Wow. Well, it's kind of self-evident here for me with his lyrics. I mean, his lyrics, I've written some on my own, but for the most part, he's an inspirational writer. He's, he's extremely prolific. He's written some wonderful, wonderful lyrics. We both had successes before we met. And it was a, just a marriage. It was a great marriage. The two of us just hit it off. We're both Scorpios, <laughs> if you're into that. It was a happening for both of us. And again, it's an odd thing when individual successes and then two people come together and actually have their biggest success. So I can't say enough about Bob's talent. He's multi-talented. He's a wonderful artist. He's produced and he's been an artist. I mean, artist as in painting. He's also been a singer, and he's multi-talented. He's just a brilliant, brilliant, creative person. With all of the songs that were recorded by Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons, is it possible for you to pick a favorite? (laughs) Uh, I can answer that somewhat directly. From my standpoint, the best song that I would say I've written it wasn't a hit record for Frankie, although he did do the original version for it. It was a semi-hit. Uh, was the sun ain't going to shine anymore. That's one of my own favorite songs. I'd have to put that one on top of the list. Unfortunately, it didn't wind up in Jersey Boys, but not like I didn't try. One of the things about a lot of the songs you've written, for example, a lot of people may not know that you wrote Silence is Golden. Yes. So not just of the songs that the Four Seasons recorded. Of any artist, band, singer, what has been the best interpretation of a song you wrote or co-wrote? I would probably say Lauren Hill, Can't Take My Eyes Off You. That probably was the most unique version of that song that I have heard up to date. With one exception, Bobby Darren did a big band version of it that I, I just happened to see on YouTube that just absolutely blew me away. I, I didn't even know he recorded it, but it was pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. But Lauren Hill's version just struck me as not why the song was written, but worked so well for me and it was so refreshing. And she had the guts to actually do the song without the horn lick which I thought was quite amazing. I've never heard a version that didn't have the horn section in it. Lots of respect for her. Very talented lady. Going back to the song, Silence is Golden, what was the inspiration there? Many things. You know, I think we've all had moments in our lives, and Bob Crew and I didn't necessarily write about personal experience. Some of it was ragdoll and things of that sort, but but some things weren't, and Silence is Golden was just general, general statement. I think what maybe pushed it a little bit further was it's silence is golden, but my eyes still see. Put it in a little different place with something we've all heard before. It was inspiring. I mean, Bob came up with the silence is golden and I added, but my eyes still see and off we went. So it was, it was just one of those things. And I don't think Boy, I can't remember the moment, but I don't think either one of us thought it was a Four Seasons song. 
In addition to songs you've written, you've produced albums, and you've written with other people. Mm-hmm. What was it like working with Barry Manilow? Yeah, that was that was an interesting thing. We wrote a couple of things together, and somehow he contacted me through management agent or personal friends. It was about, oh, what a night. It was December 63, oh, what a night. He just happened to one of his favorite songs, as he said, and wanted to write with me. So I was living in Malibu at the time, and we just set up some schedules and did some work. It was a good time. Barry's a real good guy. We had a good time, and nothing wrong with writing in Malibu. The Frank Sinatra album, Watertown, not only did you produce it, but you co-wrote all of the songs. What was that experience like? <laughs> well, all the things you can imagine. He's the man, always was, always will be. Just spending time with him in Vegas and Caesars and going through that whole time and studying and, uh, him and hanging out with him and becoming friends with him was just an, a wonderful experience and being able to write for him. I mean, at the time, he said, I'd like you to, like you to write something. Frankie actually met Frank a while before, and I guess conversations, and he said, hey, my partner, and so on and so forth. And the next thing I know, I was hanging out with Frank in Vegas. So it was sort of a commission, and would you work on something for me? And I said, an, an album, maybe? He said, well, you know, we'll see. We'll write a bunch of songs, and uh, let's see what comes of it. Anyway, Jake Holmes and I put the Watertown project together, and we just conceived it as a one-man special, which was the intent, because it wasn't a pop album. And we sat down and wrote it. And I made demos and sent them out to Sarge Wise, who who was his music person at the time. And it's interesting, because when you're having the success that I had during that time in the group and everything going on, you become pretty cocky. just seemed to me, well, we wrote a great album, and He's going to do it. So when Sergeant Weiss called me and said, Well, gee, guess what? Surprise. Frank likes all the songs. I remember <laughs> thinking to myself, Of course he did. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it's interesting. You know, I think about it now and I say, What a jerk. <laughs> to be a musician, do you think you need a little bit of that, you said, like cockiness? Or do you think humility is more important? Well, it's nice when you can walk the line. And I've gone through both walked on both sides of the street. There have been times where I've been very humbled. I remember when we first moved to Nashville and just going to some of the clubs and seeing some of the amazing talent and never hearing from them again, just sitting in a club and having a drink and watching talent I'd never heard of, songs they'd written, singing and and all, and and the realization that there but for the grace that why don't they all have deals? It's just so much talent in this town. So that was humbling, coming from my background successes and coming to a town like Nashville and, and realizing that some of these talents are just never going to see the light of day. And you know, sometimes you, you just sometimes you can help and sometimes you're helpless. That's one side. And the Sinatra story I just told you, <laughs> you can do no wrong uh, attitude. It's nice to have both. But I think... To get through the world of music and, and showbiz, being a little cocky is probably the better way to go if you have to make a choice. <laughs> what is the best thing about being Bob Gaudio? Well, I wake up every morning thinking, how lucky am I uh, to be able to do 
what I love doing, what I've always loved doing, and I still continue to do, and, and get a paycheck. It's not a new story. I've read it many times from many people that have had successes, but it's true. It's really, really so true. How many people in the world earn a living, but they're not doing what they love? So and that's the best part for me. It's, it's a blessing to be in a place where I can afford to do what I do. Just love doing it every day. Not everyone can say the things that you can say. I mean, you were inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. You've had all of these songs recorded by many great artists, not just the Four Seasons, but Frank Sinatra. You've had a musical. You've had a Tony Award. The songs are played constantly on the radio. So what are you most proud of? That's such a difficult question. You know, one of the things that has always meant something to me is being uh, eclectic, being able to follow the the dream and stay in the game. There's been lots of people who have had one success, two successes. It's 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 a difficult thing to be consistent. That to me is very important. I wake up every day and thinking, well, now what? Then I keep saying blessed, of course, but but it's been a circumstance I find myself in. You're always trying to top yourself and do something that's better than you've done. And, you know, I've had many times where I felt like I did. But it's a scary thing to think that may not happen one day for me, and I may wake up saying I'm, I really blew it <laughs> this time. I've had failures many times, but I didn't feel like the music was necessarily the problem. You, you always have a tendency to blame your failures on other things, other situations, circumstances. So what I, I guess what I'm saying is even though I've had those failures musically and projects and so on and so forth, I was happy with them when I finished them. So that was enough. You suffer the consequences later on about why did I do it this way or I could have done it another way. But but if you're content, and I've been with Project While I'm In It, when I complete it, that's pretty rewarding to me. My last question for hit songwriter Bob Gaudio. For anyone who listens to this interview, what would you like to say to them? Thank you for letting me be me. It's been a wonderful career. I've been fortunate enough to make myself happy and other people, and I appreciate that. Mr. Gaudio, I really appreciate the opportunity to do this interview. Well, it's my pleasure, Paul. I mean, this has been great. You've asked me some questions that I I don't normally get to answer. (laughs) So it's great. It was a great, great interview. Thanks so much. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.